by Riverside. Welcome, everybody, to Garage Take Season 3, Episode 16. Joined here by my co-host, Brant. Um, we got, you know, just a couple of things to talk about tonight. Uh, we will hit on the Lions here at, towards the end of the podcast. Um, but most importantly, Brant, this is the week. How are you feeling? Man, I'm so ready. This is the week. This is the week we've all been waiting for, and we said it in July. We said it in August, September, October. We're here in late November. It's that time, Dave. It's that time to figure out who owns the Big Ten still. Well, the Big Ten has gone through Ann Arbor now for two years in a row. Um, Michigan did not play their best game by any stretch of the imagination against Maryland this past week. Um, But it's all behind you at this point. I mean – 11-0 11-0 Michigan against 11-0 Ohio State at the Big House this Saturday at noon of Thanksgiving weekend. This is just the annual tradition, and man, there is just nothing like this. And I don't care if you're a Michigan fan, Ohio State fan, in all of sports, there is no rivalry like this game. And when you make it 11-0 against 11-0 with everything on the line, um, Brant, I want to actually you you texted me something this week i want to start right there before we talk about this game you sent me a a text and you're like dave this is the end of an era an end of a not the end of a rivalry but this is the end of an era here in in what this rivalry uh game means and so i want you to share a little bit about what you mean by that shed some light for the people and then we're going to hop into this game well, Dave, this is the last time these teams will lock up and everything's pretty much on the line. Uh, for Michigan, and if you're a Michigan fan and you don't want to hear this, then you better cover your ears. But if you lose on Saturday, you're not going to the playoff. It's not going to happen. There is no backdoor in this year. I thought there was a small one last year, and obviously Ohio State got lucky and USC lost, whatever. But there is no chance for Michigan this year. I think there, again, is a small chance for Ohio State to sneak their way in. Um, But I I just don't see it for Michigan. They don't have the strength of schedule. They just, they just, it's not there this year. So with that being said, Michigan's entire season will be decided on Saturday. Now, luckily it's a home game that will help a tremendous amount. But what I mean by that, Dave, is this is the last year that these guys are pretty much guaranteed to play once a year. Um, I don't think both teams are getting into the playoffs like th- this year, like I like I just said. But secondly, Dave, going into the 12-team format, uh, this is pretty much what I texted you was, like, our kids will never know how much this game just absolutely means. Like, it's going to take a little bit of sting out of it when you say, yeah, you guys are going to play the last week of the season, then guess what? You're going to play next week too. It's going to have NFL vibes to it. It's going to have, hey, we played this team – three times now, twice in the regular season. Then we saw them in the playoffs. We know their personnel. We know everything about them. That is just where this sport is headed. And Dave, we talked about there are pros and cons to this. I mean, the 12-team playoff, there's awesome things about it. And this is one of the not-so-awesome things about it is the regular season coming down to everything. 
It just doesn't mean that anymore. And you're going to have teams with nine, 10 wins getting to the playoffs going forward. And that's okay because you're going to play a gauntlet next year. And if they deem you good enough with nine or 10 wins, then it's fine for you to get in the playoff. I understand that. But just just when you're 11-0 next year, Dave, say Michigan's 11-0 and they've had a great season, the Ohio State game, you may look at it and go, we could actually sit our quarterback and still play for the Big Ten Championship. I mean, you would never do that, but that's just the scenarios that you're kicking around now. You know what I mean? So the optics have changed. Everything has kind of changed about this rivalry. They'll always hate each other. That's what I said was they'll always hate each other, but ending someone's season, that's pride. Now that is take, you know, taking the knife to the heart before the playoffs start, and that's that's pretty awesome. And you thought you did it last year, but Ohio State, like I said, they backdoored their way in. This year, there's no way out. This is a cage match. I completely agree. Um, yeah, everything, everything on the line. And I mean, there's so many different storylines with this game. Like, yes, that, that's probably the biggest one, what you just mentioned. Um, but also, obviously, the the cloud over the Michigan football program, no Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines. It's just been a weird season. Um, but you're you're eleven and zero, and so weird, not weird. Agree, disagree. You're eleven and zero with everything in front of you. Um, but no Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines is going to be weird. It's going to change things a, a, a little bit. Maybe not uh, from a not from a game plan standpoint. I mean, Jim's there all week. He's coaching the team. It's going to be his game plan. Uh, but Sharon Moore is going to be the acting head coach again. And so no Jim Harbaugh against Ryan Day. There's a storyline in of itself. Um, and, you know, if Michigan loses this game, I think that just feeds the narrative of, oh, this, see, you take away Connor Stallions and what Michigan's been doing these last couple of years. And, you know, whether you agree or disagree with that, that's going to be the story if Michigan doesn't win this. In a way, people will, as all rivalry fan bases do, they're going to discredit these last two wins that Michigan had over Ohio State. Whether you agree or disagree, it's going to happen. I can promise you that. Michigan wins this game, on the other hand. Ryan Day drops three in a row to Michigan, and Brant, I don't know where Ohio State goes from from there. I, I don't. I don't know if they move on from Ryan Day. I don't think so, but, man, you think that seat would be getting a little bit hot if they dropped this one in Ann Arbor Saturday? Yeah, I think the seat will be hot, but certainly, Dave, they're not going to fire him. I mean, he may look at the NFL. That may be something like where he's tired of internal pressure for what would be a 90% winning coach, you know, percentage winning coach. Um, and really, right, is this is this is wild that you would think about firing a guy that just went 11-0, and but this is how serious that Ohio State really takes this rivalry. Their fans have to have this game. There is nothing more after this. They absolutely need this game. You ask any Ohio State fan if they would trade a playoff loss for a Michigan win right now, you bet they would. Like, it is it is on right now, man. It really is. And I think that Ryan Day will have all of the pressure on him when he rolls into Ann Arbor. And, Dave, I have a question for you. I watched Ryan Day's presser 
at halftime of the Minnesota-Ohio State game. Ohio State was rolling along. They were doing fine. But it was a red zone possession where Kyle McCord missed two straight passes, and they ended up with a field goal. And Ryan got questions from the halftime reporter, and she just simply asked him, what what does Kyle need to do in those red zone spots um, you know, to be better, basically? And he instantly got ticked. You know, and he wasn't really mad at her, but he was mad about the question. And and you could saw you could see it stuck in his craw. And he got red in the face. You've seen Ryan Day get red in the face, and he was upset. And I think it just goes to just to say how much pressure he was feeling just in those moments of if we're not as tight as possible, Michigan's gonna get us again, and we can't get got. And Kyle, I think, okay, so my question for you, Dave, is do you think that Ryan Day is ultimately Kyle McCord's my guy? Like, do you think he's 100% sold on Kyle McCord being his dude? I don't think so at all. I think that, um, I mean, the eye test is everything. This is like take the, the Michigan fandom hat off. Kyle McCord has not been what Ryan Day is accustomed to. You know, he's he's not Justin Fields. He's not C.J. Stroud. Like, this is new territory for him. Um, you surround him with two of the best receivers in the country. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a generational talent at that position. Um, it, look, it's the best that Ryan day has. Like, that's what I think like it comes down to. I think it's the guy he's got to trot out there. Um, I, I don't know what's up with Devin Brown. I don't know that situation, but I think it's Kyle McCord's got to be the best that he has right now. And I don't know how confident he is in him. I mean, he's the head coach, right? So I'm sure he's confident in him and, and what he can do, but I mean, even against competition that hasn't been that great this year, he just hasn't. He's he's missed throws, and I mean, and JJ McCarthy has too, especially recently. Um, but no, it's just this is different territory for them. And Brant, ironically, like for years, it's been Ohio State. Their offense is just so unstoppable. Like that's the key to slowing down Ohio State. Is like if you can contain their offense. This year's a different story. It's like their defense seems to be what is winning them football games and and with a good offense not great though and that's a that's a big difference especially when you're talking about an elite football program is they're used to being great if not the best in the country they've got a good offense this year okay um they they have a really really good defense um i don't know if it's a arguably a a great defense you could say the same thing about michigan um i mean i'm not i i'm not overly like Michigan's going to come in and, and win this game by two, three scores like what happened last year or how they ended the year before. Brant, this could be a really close game. Am I confident in this team? Yes. Do they have a lot they've got to clean up? Yeah, they they, they absolutely do. But, Brant, to your original question, um, do I think Kyle McCord is like Ryan Day's guy? Like he's going to hang his head on him? He's going to have to, but no, I don't think he wants to. So that's where I'm going with this, Dave, because I'm setting this up for you. I think Michigan's whole game plan defensively, and this is going to sound crazy, stop the run. Take Travion Henderson away. And if you can stop the run and you put Kyle McCord in third and longs and you put him in third and six plus, I think, okay, so this is what I think about Kyle McCord. 
CJ Stroud, if you got to him, you could shake him. I think Cal McCord comes pre-shook. I think he's the can that you take out of the, the bag or the, the fridge and you just shake up and then you give it to somebody. I think that's Cal McCord. Like, I think he's that type of dude that's like, he's got a little bit of pee on his pants when he's heading out there. I think he's just that type of dude that he already comes into the situation and he's shook. He's the Sam Darnold seeing ghosts. I don't know how many other analogies you need, Dave, to let you know that he is that dude that is shook. And if you let him build confidence by letting the running game take over, Michigan will be sorry. I can guarantee you that. And Travion Henderson, for as much crap as he took last year, he's had a great season. He looks like him this year. He looks like a first-round talent. He looks like a second-round talent. Like, And the offensive line has been okay for Ohio State. But, uh, Dave, I'll let you go, but I'm just saying that the Michigan defense needs to stop that ground game first and foremost. Travion Henderson has been one of the best running backs in the country when he's out there, and you forget like when he is healthy just how good he can actually be. I'm glad that you brought that up. I do. I think the, the run game is going to be absolutely critical here, and I do like how Michigan stacks up against the, against the run game. I mean, we saw it. We've seen it all year. I, I feel confident with that. I, I think that if that – uh, D line can continue to put pressure on McCord. You don't need to sack him three, four, five times, but just simply put pressure on him. I agree with you. This is going to be his biggest moment by far, obviously, um, of his young career. Um, but he has he has not been consistent, composed all year. He's going to make mistakes, and I think Michigan's got to force him into that. Um, but I mean, just so we're not totally Michigan homers here right now, um, because I. Look, Michigan's got some flaws that they've got to clean up. Will Johnson did not look good against Maryland. He got beat multiple times. And if you're depending on Will Johnson to be that dude, to be the guy that's going to, I don't want to say lock up or bottle up Marvin Harrison Jr. Because look, nobody's going to do that. Um, can he contain him? I mean, that's a big question. Um, on the on the opposite side, Josh Wallace, like, and Mecca Abuka out there. Like what? I'm, I'm not this secondary has kind of been a question mark all year. Brant, Maryland was the perfect warm-up game to Ohio State because it's really the first offense we've seen to just want to air it out like that. And 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 they got us a couple of times. So um, say what you will about Kyle McCord, but they're going to bring it. And, and these DBs got to be ready. And the way you save those DBs, is by being active up front and putting pressure from from the get go, um, and I and I think that that's going to really be a storyline in this game. Is can Michigan plunge through that O line? Can they can they contain Travion Henderson and can they put pressure on Kyle McCord? You do those two things, and look, I mean, you give up eighty rushing yards to Travion Henderson. That's a win in my book. Like let him run it for twenty times for eighty yards. Like that's a, that's an absolute win. I'll take that. I think if that's the case, I think we're talking about a Michigan win next time we record this this podcast. Um, Brant, on the the opposite side of this is Michigan's offense. I clearly. JJ is struggling. I don't know if he's working through something. I, I'm not sure. Um, he's staying in the pocket. It has not looked good. Um, this is these last couple of games. I mean, Penn State only threw it eight times, but still, um, this past game against Maryland gave me like just kind of the the feelings of like the bowling green game for some reason. He was just off. Um, he's not getting outside the pocket. And I guess like 
my wondering that we, we probably just won't know is like, is he hurt? Like, is there a reason why he's not getting outside the pocket? Are they trying to protect him? Like they, they want him as healthy as possible for the Ohio state game. I'm not sure, but look, I think this running game is what it is. Um, is it as good as we all thought it would be? No. Um, a lot of that's to the, to the O-line as well. Um, I pass and, and run protection um, and, and opening up holes, but it's just, it's a, it's a really good run game. Blake Corum looks really good. Um, Donovan Edwards has looked better, but it's not looked like we thought it would. And so, I mean, we talked about this three, four, five weeks ago is look this season, this game in particular is going to fall on the shoulders of JJ McCarthy. If JJ's not good. Okay. If he is making, if he's forcing throws or he is just off on timing, like we're not going to win this football game. We're, we're, we're not. So um, he doesn't need to go out and be a hero. I'm not saying that JJ needs to throw for 300 yards um, by any, by any stretch there, but he's got to, he's got to be good. He's got to be the JJ that's back to completing like 70, 75% of his passes, making the right throw the and. I'm confident that he can do it. I think I texted you this week and I said, I'm the biggest JJ fan there is. Can I recognize when he's been off? Absolutely. But the one thing I will say about him and why I've loved having him as Michigan's quarterback, JJ McCarthy is a dog. He is. He shows up in the big moments. He, he, he just does. I mean, you even look back on the TCU game. That was not a good game for JJ, but you know what? JJ put the team on his back and kept them in that game. Um, when they needed JJ last year against Ohio State, he was there. He showed up. Uh, he's not afraid. The, no moment is too big for JJ McCarthy. And if we're looking at uh, JJ versus Kyle McCord, I'll take JJ 100% of the time. Yeah, Dave, the Michigan offense is just missing something right now. And I'll just go back to last year against Illinois. That was. That was pretty much the same thing as what we got in Maryland. I mean, it was a subpar performance. And last year we were just asking questions like, is JJ going to be good enough? Like that performance against Illinois and some of the performances last year, we we had both said, yeah, if he plays like that, we're just going to lose in Columbus and that's going to be it. Um, and then obviously they come out with an, a stellar game plan and they just execute it beautifully and things break right for them. So I'm not saying that's not going to happen this year, but it does feel to me, Dave, like for whatever reason, Michigan is holding something back. And it just annoys me so much, dude. Like, why do I get the feeling like, hey, we don't want to run JJ in his own read right now just because he's he's working through something like you just said or something like that. And then all of a sudden we're in survival mode and it's a five-point game in the fourth quarter. And then he misses a, a wide open Cornelius Johnson walk-in touchdown. It's it's just maddening. And you cannot have that next week. There cannot be missed throws like that because they'll come back and put seven on you in a hurry. You know, it, it's just and, and Dave, let's let's call a spade a spade. Maryland missed some real opportunities to take it to us. I mean, they probably left 14, 17 points out on the field there. And that happens in games like that, but Michigan got kind of lucky. I know you, you anti-homerism here. Michigan got lucky to win that game. Uh, when you blow a 23-3 to lead, sometimes you don't deserve to win. Um, so 
that is what it is, and I'll just leave it at that. But this offensive line has got to get it figured out, and I don't know if that's a, a portion of Jerome Moore spending more time um, being the head coach or what on Saturday specifically, but, man, Carson Barnhart is a turnstile right now. Uh, Ladarius Henderson being out just absolutely shook this team. Uh, Miles Hinton going down hit after hit after hit on that offensive line. And all of a sudden, Trent A. Jones is playing in the fourth quarter in a five-point game. And I'm like, no, that's not a great situation. Um, and I'm glad Carson Barnhart can can run block. But there's two sides to that coin, and we all know what it is. You need to be able to pass block. And right now, he's not living up to the billing. And it's not good enough, and it won't win you a Big Ten championship. Took the words right out of my mouth. Wanted to talk about that O line, and you and you hit it perfectly, um, Brand. I know we will we we will talk this game here again probably when we we do the bets. You said you had two bets for me tonight, and I'm guessing that's one of them we were going to talk about. So we will we will make our our predictions then. Any final thoughts on the game this weekend, Michigan Ohio State? Um, I'll I'll ask you a specific question. What's the what's the leading headline following this game? Ryan Day can't beat interim coach Sharon Moore and falls to 0 and 3 against Michigan since Urban's team left. I'm right there with you. My headline is this. No Jim Harbaugh. No problem. That's it. I think Michigan gets it done. I know we'll talk this uh, this spread here towards the end, but um, I know Michigan did not look good this past weekend. Everybody saw that, and I'm sure Ohio State fans are just licking their chops right now watching Michigan struggle against uh, Maryland. The same Maryland team that was neck and neck with Ohio State, by the way, in their first half when they played them. Uh, but whatever. I'm confident in this team. Um, they have not played their best football yet, and I think that if the last two years have taught us anything, they're going to bring it in this Ohio State game. They will be ready to to go. Jim Harbaugh will have his fingerprints all over this, and I, I think we're talking, hopefully talking, about a Michigan victory next time we, we, we hop on the podcast. All right, Brant, let's shift into the Lions here. Um, what a game. I mean – what a game. I know people are like, the Bears. Can we not celebrate the fact that we were down 12 to the Bears and had to Who come cares? back? Who cares? Thank you. That was Thank awesome. You. That game was, look, anybody who kept their SOL gear from the dark days, go ahead and burn that for me. The Lions don't ever win that game. They just don't. Like, down 12, um, Justin Fields is running all running all over the place. Um, the defense struggled throughout the game, looked good in, in certain parts, but struggled. And Jared Goff, three interceptions. I mean, it was a kind of game where you're pulling your hair out, but you're putting that hair back into your head when you're talking on Monday morning about a win after all of that. And um, the way that game wrapped up, too, with Hutch, I mean, especially, I mean, come on, Brant, Michigan-Ohio State week, and that game ends with Hutch taking down Justin Fields, fumble into the end zone, safety to seal the game. 
this Lions team, I know they struggled against the Bears. Confident or concerned after this win? I'm confident. I am so confident. Uh, I have, I, I do have slight concerns, but they're so slight. And Dave, we, t- we say this every single week. It's the NFL, man. And Justin Fields was back and he was balling. And that's okay. He just had four weeks off. He's probably feeling real refreshed. I don't care about the thumb. Like, thumb injuries, I'm sure he was going through that too. Whatever. His legs were an issue for the Lions. And we talked about mobile quarterbacks, Dave. That's where the slight concern lies, and we'll get into that, whatever. But let me talk about resolve real quick. This team never quit, and this defense never quit. They gave up. They gave up some plays. Don't get me wrong, Dave. It was not pretty for them always. And I think I texted you about Jared Goff. I said, you know, he's having a bad game right now. But this isn't SOL. This isn't throw Jared Goff under the bus. Ah, he's just, he's terrible now. That's that's what old Lions fans would say is, ah, Jared Goff can't extend him now. We're not going to give him an extension. He just threw three picks against the Bears. What? No, we're not going to extend him. No, everybody's allowed to have a bad game. And, Look, Jared Goff, what he did at the end of that game was Stafford-esque. We talk about signature wins, Dave. We talked about him earlier this year. He's stacking them now, man. He is stacking them. And you listen to him after the postgame, he loves this team. He loves this city. He's bought in. This is a guy you want to extend. Like, I think this game, even though he kind of had a stinker out there, this is the kind of game that you want to extend him. He fought his way back to get all the way back, and then he capped off this win. And it was mostly Jared Goff, man, just making the right reads late, putting the ball into playmakers' hands. Hello, Jamison Williams. Nice to see you. Thanks for joining the party. Um, and the other thing I'll, I'll hit on, Dave, is this is the type of win, and these are the type of post games that before the season I said Dan Campbell had no shot to win coach of the year, that post game, man, it makes you just want to be like, I play for Dan Campbell. (laughs) That's my guy. And I think that's the type of guy that could easily be voted coach of the year. And this is the type of game where everybody looks at. I kind of wish it would have happened on Thanksgiving. That would have been really cool because then everybody in the nation would be watching. They'd get that post game and all that. But still, it's enough for me for everyone to be like, Dan Campbell, Coach of the Year, probably leading that race right now. Let us not forget the Seahawks lost this weekend. The Vikings drop a game on Sunday night football. I know we talked last week about the the Lions fighting for that number one seed. I mean, we're recording this here early, earlier than normal with it being Thanksgiving weekend. So the Eagles are playing the Chiefs tonight. Um, We'll see what what, uh, the results of that game are. But look, the Lions are 8-2, and Brant. And while there are some teams that will give you 8-2 and every other year or every third year, the Lions, Brant, have not been eight and two since 1962. So that is a 61 year drought snapped right now. And, and that's, it's just all the more reason to say like, look, no matter what generation of Lion fan you are, and I get it. Some people, 
Some people are even more bruised and battered and been watching this team for 30, 40, 50 years longer than, than we have. Um, and so they just won't believe it till they see it. But I think the general vibe of this team is like, oh, yeah, no, they're pretty good. And it's like even these games, you're like, oh, God, of course, you would just spit up against the Bears at home. And like, this is the game you're going to lose. Nope. We're talking about a win, and and like you said, and like we've said, wins in the NFL, not easy to come by. Eight and two is absolutely huge, and I, I just think that this team is, especially on offense, if Jamison Williams can just give you two, three, maybe four catches a game and give you that one big play, caught the big touchdown pass, if he can continue to block the way he has and just be a good teammate. That's a huge piece of this puzzle, one that we weren't counting on three, four weeks ago. Um, he's coming along nicely. Amonra St. Brown, I can't give that dude enough flowers, man. I, I cannot give him enough flowers. He is, I'm up there saying he's a potentially top five receiver in the league right now. I, I've heard top 10. Are you kidding me? Of course he is top 10. He might be top five, Brant. The guy is so reliable. He's got some of the best hands in the league, a crisp route runner. Gets 100 yards right in his things. sleep. I mean, it's like they know that they're going to him and they, they can't stop him. Um, just an absolute stud. Sam Laporta did not have his best game. You know, one of those interceptions looked like it could have been his fault. I think it was that first one maybe. Um, looked like he ran the wrong route, whatever. He's an absolute weapon. Um, we know that. You add in a healthy David Montgomery now with Jameer Gibbs, who looks to be the number 12 overall pick that you drafted him to be. That old line stays healthy. This is a top five offense in the league, um, hands down. Like, I'm not even batting my eye at that. I think that they're, when healthy, top five offense in the league. And I guess, you know, the defense would be the big question mark after this game and after these, these last few weeks, to be quite honest. However, if they are a top 15 to 20 defense in this league and a, with a top five offense, Brant, that might just be good enough to be Super Bowl worthy. I, I know. I don't even want to drop the SB on this podcast, okay? Let's just pump pump the brakes. But a top five offense and somewhere in the top 15 to 20 defensively with a good coach, Brant, those numbers can win championships. Those numbers can get you to the NFC championship game. They can. Those numbers get you to, to, to host a playoff game and get your first playoff win in a very long time. Um, and so, yeah, I am all aboard the, the the hype train. I know some people want to nitpick and be upset by, by what the Lions did do or didn't do, or you brought up Jared Goff and the three picks. I personally don't care about any of it. Um, it sounds like you're in the same boat I am. Look, eight and two. Whole season in front of you. Let's go, man. I am all in on the Lions. Now, three picks at home against the Bears is one thing. Don't do it in the divisional round, you know, type of thing. It did look like some miscommunications out there, Dave. It, it really did, and that's that's not, nothing you ever want to see. But you better see it in a regular season game. You do not want to see it in a playoff game. But you hit on some teams that lost in the NFC, but there's a couple teams that won in the NFC, Dave, and one would be the 49ers, and the Cowboys also took care of business. So, obviously, the Eagles play tonight, but when we talk about the top of the NFC, Lions hanging right in there 
week after week after shaky performance, still getting it done. And uh, so Packers this Thursday, Dave, I'll let you go from here because I'm sure you got something for me. Yeah, I'll quickly touch on the the pack here, and then let's get out of here with the with the bets. This is a game the Lions should win. Um, I think they will too, Brand. I just feel like it seems like anytime they're in the spotlight this year, like the national spotlight, they seem to be getting it done. Um, and <clears throat> excuse me, I read somewhere that said uh, Roger Goodell wants the Lions to have more primetime games next year. So like. Even just from a number standpoint and all that, I just feel like the hype around this team is insane. They are a better team than the Packers. Packers are not good. Um, I think they've won more games than they probably should have. I feel very, very comfortable. I know it's a divisional game. I don't know what the spread is. Maybe we'll talk let's, about it. What are What are your thoughts? Let's stay right there. Actually, though, let's stay right there. I will give you the number. The number is seven and a half. Do you like the Lions to cover it? We'll just go right with the bets right here. I do like the Lions to cover seven and a half. I know I was off this last week with taking them with eight and a half. You were right. I think the Bears are actually better than the Packers. I do. Um, I know the Bears are a two-win team. I think Justin Fields is a huge X factor. Jordan Love doesn't doesn't concern me. Um, Aaron Jones got hurt this past week. I just, I, I will take the Lions uh, covering seven and a half. What about you? Looking for my shovel around the garage. You are burying the Packers right now. Wow, Dave. Take it easy. I will disagree with you on, on both. I will take the seven and a half with the Packers. And I the only thing I'm going to disagree with you on, Dave, is I don't think the Packers are that bad. I, you said they're a bad football team. I, I'll disagree. I think you said they've won more games than they're supposed to. I think that's indicative of an okay team. Like, they have been skating by, sure, but they seem like they're starting to get it together a little bit with Jordan Love. Short week, grimy game. God, feel, feels like coming off a shootout with the Bears uh, and then the Chargers the week before that. Feels like the 16-13 kind of slug them game, Dave. So give me the Lions to win. Packers to cover, and Jared Goff not going to have three picks. Don't worry, Lions fans. He won't play that bad this week. All right, so, fair, fair enough. Um, you want to just hop in? Do, uh, you want to hop into Michigan, Ohio State? I don't see why not, man. All right. Go ahead. So, tee this up for me. I will tee this up for you. So the line started at five and a half. And it has now moved. It actually moved right after the Maryland game. It dropped right down to – so it was five and a half like before the Maryland game. Now it's dropped to three and a half, a two-point spread. Don't know if it has to do with the Partridge situation. Don't know if it has to do with Maryland. It's probably got to do with a little bit of everything, the Harbaugh thing. Um, three and a half, Dave. Do you like Michigan to cover it? Do I like Michigan to cover three and a half? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brant. Listen. I'm all in on this game this weekend. Mr. Brightside is going to be pumping at the big house heading into the fourth quarter. It may be close. It may be close. 
I am I'm going to take comfortably and happily confident Michigan covers three and a half points as we celebrate a third straight win over the Ohio State Buckeyes. Go blue. What about you? Yeah, I'll take him to cover. I'll take Ryan Day to get uh, an NFL job next year. I'll take them to miss the CFP again this year. Um, Michigan by 10. I like it to be in the neighborhood of 35-24, maybe 35-27. I think that they this these teams put some points on the board. And um, I think that Michigan just finds a way to get timely stops down the stretch. And Kyle McCord craps the bet a little bit. Brand, I'm going to take Michigan 27, Ohio State 21. Um, I think this is going to going to be a, a a close game here, where I could almost see Ohio State up like 21 20, like something weird like that, where I am like heart beating out of my chest, <laughs> and then. Michigan just comes down and just makes a huge play. I don't know if it's Roman Wilson. I don't know if it's Donovan Edwards busting an 85-yard touchdown run. I don't know what it is, but I just feel like it's going to come down to the end of the game. Michigan does cover, and, man, for the for the sake of, you know, my family, let's hope that Michigan <laughs> wins this game and I don't ruin anybody's uh, Thanksgiving weekend. So um, go ahead. Uh, will we be disbanding the podcast if they lose? No, not 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 a <laughs> chance, man. Look, since launching the Garage Takes podcast in uh, 2021, Michigan has never lost to Ohio State. Brand, I'd like to keep it that way. On that Let's note, do it. Um, if you haven't done so already, make sure you like, follow, subscribe to the podcast. Hop over to that YouTube channel. Um, that Michigan video we posted last week uh, cleared over a thousand views in just a couple of days. Um, so shout out everybody that uh, that hopped in to support us there. Hit that subscribe button. We appreciate it. Um, go blue, go lions. Everyone have a safe, happy Thanksgiving with your family and friends, and we will see you guys next time. Powered by Riverside.